He's going to speak to us. But let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. And Father, we open our hearts wide to you. God, right now, we fix our attention on you. We lay aside the cares of life. We lay aside the busyness of the day, the things that happen throughout our day today, God. We lay it at your feet. And right now, we come to hear from you. And Father, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us in a very personal and individual way tonight, God. Speak to us, God, not just what we want to hear, but God, speak to us what you need us to hear and give us soft, open hearts to receive what you are saying in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, I have got a question for you tonight. Have any of you had a lot of thoughts running crazy in your mind today? Anybody? A few of you? Oh, like a couple hands? Okay. Well, I've had a lot of crazy thoughts running through my mind, just a lot of thoughts, and that sometimes makes me a little crazy. But I've had a lot of thoughts running through my mind today, and I know, whether you realize it or not, I know that you have as well, because we're women, and we do a lot, and we have full plates and full schedules, and we juggle a lot of things. So that means we constantly have all kinds of thoughts filling our minds. We have full lives, and whether you realize it or or not, you have had a ton of thoughts filling your mind today. In fact, research says that on average, we think about 70,000 thoughts per day. That's a lot of thoughts. <laughs> but you know what else research tells us? That about 70% of those thoughts are negative thoughts. Wow. We got a lot of negative thoughts going on up here. You know, we've got to recognize what we're thinking about. We've got to recognize what is going on up here. You know, men can be good at compartmentalizing their thoughts. Have any of you heard that expression or maybe you've seen the book, men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti? because men compartmentalize their thoughts like the squares of a waffle. And women's thoughts are all tangled up like spaghetti. Isn't it true? Doesn't one thought spin into another, and that spins into 10 more, and that spins into 20 more, and then those thoughts evoke emotions, and those emotions prompt 20 more thoughts, and those thoughts promote more emotions? Anybody been there? Yes, a few honest women in the place. <laughs> Sometimes we have a bit of craziness going on up here in these beautiful brains of ours. Sometimes the things that are going on up here are beautiful, but a lot of times it's not so beautiful. My friend Josie West over here, one time she was telling me a story, and she said, and they were all just wiling out. And I stopped her, I said, wiling out? <laughs> she said, yeah, you know, they're all going wild. So I'm adopting that phrase in regards to my thoughts, because sometimes my thoughts are just wiling out. Do your thoughts ever wild out? <laughs> this series that we're in 
is entitled, Say What? Because sometimes we need to stop and talk to our minds and go, Say What? What are you thinking? What are you saying to yourself? What lies of the enemy are you listening to? What negative thoughts are you entertaining? We need to stop and recognize what's going on up here because so often there's so much going on up there throughout the course of the day that we don't even recognize. You know, in John 10.10, it says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. God wants us to have an abundant life. Literally, it means super abundance in every way, a life that is healthy and thriving. But the enemy tries to steal that from us. And one of the ways he does it is by causing chaos and negativity and stress and turmoil all up here. But you know what it says in Romans 12 too? It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our minds can be renewed. We can partner with God to see our minds renewed. And when our minds are renewed, our lives will be transformed. Anybody say, you know, my life could use a little transformation. We, our lives should be continually transforming as long as we are on this earth, growing and becoming more and more like Jesus. But our lives will be transformed as we partner with God to renew our minds. And we do that by recognizing the negative thoughts that are going on, the lies from the enemy, and replace them with the truth of God's word. Last Tuesday, Maureen shared such a great message talking about the lies we believe about our circumstances. If you weren't able to be here, I encourage you, listen to the podcast. You can catch up with this whole series through the podcast online. And she just briefly touched on relationships and emotions. But I really felt as I was preparing for tonight that God was just asking me to take those areas a little bit deeper, talk about them a little bit more. And so tonight, we're going to talk about the lies we believe about our relationships and the lies we believe about our emotions. Because none of us are above believing the lies of the enemy. Because that's what he does. None of us are above or exempt from hearing the lies from the enemy. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. There's no truth in him. That's what the word says. That's who he is. That's his nature. So he's going to try to lie to us. He lied to Eve. He lied to Jesus when he was being tempted in the wilderness. And so he's going to lie to us. So we've got to get good at recognizing his lies. But we want to talk specifically tonight about how those lies hit us in these different areas of life, okay? So first of all, let's talk about the lies we believe in our relationships. How many of you are married in this place? Okay. Do you know the enemy tries to lie to you about your husband? Maybe you've had thoughts like, 
I cannot live with him any longer. He is such a slob. He is incapable of being romantic. He is entirely insensitive. I married the wrong person. That submission thing, that just means being a doormat. I could never do that. Hmm. Anything like any of those ever float through your mind? Those are just a couple of the countless lies that can go through our mind. Maybe you're here and you're not married, but maybe you have been married in the past. And maybe the enemy is continuing to flood your mind with that lie that your ex-husband ruined your life and your life is over. I want to tell you right now, that is a lie from the enemy, and that lie will only prevent you from moving forward. That lie will keep you paralyzed and prevent you from moving into the future God has for you. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Some of you youth girls here, maybe the enemy's been lying to you in your relationship with your parents, saying they just don't understand. They just don't love me. They don't even know who I really am. Are the enemy's lies flooding through your mind? Maybe as a parent with your kids, you're hearing the lies. They're never going to turn around. They're never going to do the things I need them to do. They don't love me. They don't appreciate me. How about with friends? Uh, they're only my friend because they feel obligated to be my friend. If they really knew who I really am, they wouldn't like me. If they really knew what I have really done, they wouldn't want to hang out with me. They wouldn't be my friend. Maybe you've heard lies that pertain to coworkers. I, I can't trust them. I'll never trust them. Oh, they're all out to backstab me. Maybe the enemy even lies to you about people at church and gets you to believe that they're judging you, that they're gossiping about you. You see, he lies to us to get us to withdraw, to prevent God's purposes from unfolding in our lives. But I want you to notice something. I mean, those are just a small handful of lies that can flood through our minds. There's so many lies. He is the father of lies, okay? But I want you to notice a common link with most of the lies that we believe in regards to our relationships. I would say, for me personally, the majority of the lies the enemy has ever tried to get me to believe about others and my relationships have had one purpose. And that is to get my eyes fixed on me. To turn my eyes inward and be focused on myself. Because when my eyes are on me, I won't invest anything in that other person. I'm trying to get my way. I'm trying to get my needs met, my desires met, my wants met. See, when we're focused on ourselves, we won't invest in that other person. We won't care about their needs or their desires. We won't invest in the relationship. You know, the Bible calls Satan the ruler of this world. 
And isn't it the way of the world to be self-focused? It's the way of the world, isn't it? Because that is his nature. He loves to try to get us to focus on ourselves. That is his very nature. And you know, in our relationships, one of the ways he does that is through the form of expectations. They should do this for me. They should do that for me. They should love me like this. Expectations will set us up for disappointment. Expectations will make us frustrated with the other person and make us miserable. Frustrated, disappointed, miserable. I don't really think that's the super abundant, thriving life that God intended for us. Do you? It's quiet in this room. You see, the enemy tries to get us to believe that that super abundant life is dependent on another person when it is not at all. And unmet expectations can bring further destruction to our relationships because they'll cause us to try to control the other person. They're not doing what we want them to do. So we try to control them. We try to put a guilt trip on them. We try to manipulate them. Did you know manipulation plays on guilt? Well, let's see. If I can make them feel guilty about that, then I can get them to do whatever I want. Is that the way God operates? No, of course not. Then it shouldn't be the way we operate either. So how do we apply the truth of God's word to our relationships? Does it mean we go around quoting scripture at those that we're in relationship with? Does it mean you go home and start quoting scripture to your husband? Does it mean you go to your friends and start quoting scripture to them? No, absolutely not. Don't try it. It won't work. It will have the opposite effect of what you want, okay? So bad idea. Don't do that. But, you know, I think that our relationships are really one of the most challenging areas for most of us to apply the truth of God's word. And you know why that is? Because in a relationship, there's more than one person involved. And we so often want to apply the truth of God's word in that relationship by applying it to the other person rather than to ourselves. Well, they should love me according to 1 Corinthians 13. They should prefer me. See, we're good at applying the word to other people. But we cannot make anyone else behave the way we want them to. We've got to leave them in God's hands. Let them work it out. Let them take responsibility for putting the word to work in their lives. They don't need our help, okay? That's between them and God. But if we really want someone else to apply the truth of God's word to their life and to our relationship, did you know that one of the best things we can do is to apply his word to our own life and 
put it to work in our relationship with that other person. And when we do that, when we take responsibility for putting the word to work in our life and in our part of that relationship, it is amazing what can happen and what God will do as a result. We've got to stop expecting the other person to make the first move. Where are my youth girls? Okay. I want to tell you something. Sometimes when you're young, you have uh, frustration, maybe towards a parent or older person or family, other family member, and you think they're the older one. They're the parent. They need to take the first step. They need to make the first move. Did you know there's no scripture for that? If you are a daughter of God, and you have a Bible, you have his word, then you have a responsibility to walk it out for yourself as well, just as all of us do, no matter what age we are. We cannot wait for someone else to make the first move. We've got to take responsibility for ourselves. So let's talk about some truths from God's word that we can all apply to our relationships, okay? And I want to encourage you to take notes because we're talking about a lot of scripture tonight. And you might want to just jot down the references and go back and read them later. But these are truths that you can apply to your relationships. First of all, Philippians 4.8, one of my favorite verses. It says, finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think on these things. I remember one time talking to a woman about her marriage, and we talked about this verse, and she said, that is exactly what I'm doing. I am looking at the truth. It is true. He doesn't pick up his socks. It is true. He doesn't clean up after himself. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> That's not what it's talking about. <laughs> it's talking about the truth that lines up with God's word. And you know what? We need to be thinking about the things that are lovely, that are praiseworthy in other people, in those people that we have relationship with. I mean, maybe you fell in love with your husband because he was so outgoing and the life of the party and spontaneous and so much fun and you were more structured and you just were so drawn to that and loved that about him and then you got married. And then you realize, wait a minute, oh, you can't have fun all the time. You've got to be responsible, and uh, maybe you could help with some of the responsibilities around here. And all of a sudden, your focus shifted to the things that you loved about him to those negative things. And we stop thinking on the things that are lovely and praiseworthy. 
We need to get our focus back on the things that we fell in love with, the things that are lovely, the things that are praiseworthy. Yes, we can have an honest heart-to-heart conversation about how to navigate and take care of the responsibilities that need to be taken care of. But let's be women that don't get our focus always on the negative things. Keep our focus on the things that are lovely, on the things that are praiseworthy. Everyone has things within them that are praiseworthy. If you are not sure, if you can think of something praiseworthy in another person that you are in relationship with, you ask God, and I promise you in a moment, he will show you because he loves that person. That person, whether you agree with it or not, is made in God's image and likeness. There are always things that are praiseworthy that we can focus on, okay? And then in Ephesians 4, verse 32, it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Be kind to one another. You know, I remember one time talking with a woman who was celebrating her 30th wedding anniversary, and someone asked her, what's the secret to a happy marriage for 30 years? And without a moment's hesitation, she said, be nice. Being nice, being kind goes a long, long way. You know, the enemy puts thoughts in our mind. But when we put God's word to work and we start thinking on God's word, it will wash out the lies of the enemy. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Do you encourage the people you're in relationship with? Do you build them up? Do you build up your parents? Do you build up your children? Do you build up your spouse? Do you build up your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers? Ephesians 4, verse 2 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Wow, do we approach people with that heart, with humility and gentleness, with patience, with love? I think a lot of things would be diffused if we approached people in that way. Philippians 2.3, it says, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So often we think our desires, our wants are more significant and important than someone else's. Maybe it's time we take a step back and let someone else's needs be more significant than ours. Matthew 5, 43 and 44, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, then that you may be sons of your father in heaven. The world says, hate your enemies, retaliate against them. But God tells us to love our enemies. In Romans 12, 19, it says, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. That's not our job. We need to leave them in God's hands. We need to love our enemies. Matthew 19, 19, it says, honor your father and mother. No matter what our age, 
we are called to honor our father and our mother. Do we speak to them in a way that is honoring? And the rest of that verse says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We can all be really good at loving ourselves, but we need to get good at loving our neighbors, loving others around us that we are in relationship with. You know, these are just a few of the numerous scriptures in the Bible that address how we should navigate our relationships. And when we work these scriptures into our thoughts, when we start meditating on them, let them work in our attitudes towards the other people we're in relationship with, they will wash out the lies of the enemy. And when we work them into the way we communicate with the other people we're in relationship with, it will do amazing things. Ladies, we've got to be women who refuse to be led and prompted to um, respond according to the lies of the enemy in our head. We've got to take the truth of God's word and put it to work in our life, regardless of what the other person's doing, whether they're choosing to put the word to work in their life or not. It's not our responsibility to do it for them. It's our responsibility to do it for ourselves. Maybe some of you remember last season, we had some women here at the bridge share some testimonies and we had one woman melody in fact she's here tonight she shared her story of a situation she was dealing with at work and it was just horrific she was treated so unbelievably horribly and someone was after her someone was trying to get her fired and came out and flat out said to her, I'm going to get you fired, did everything she could to make her life miserable. It was day after day. She said one day they had moved her office where she was working and put her at a desk in a corner facing the wall, not even looking at anybody else. She said it was embarrassing. It was, it would have been humiliating, but she just put a plant on the desk and decided that she was going to just make the best of it. But you see, during all of that, during that horrible persecution and the difficult things she dealt with at work, the enemy was right there with lies, saying, you need to just quit. You need to just get out of here. You can't handle this. This is way too much. So she could have responded according to the lies, but she didn't. Instead, she brought it to God, and she listened to him, and he said, no, I need you here. And so she went in every day with a smile on her face, and she decided to respond to this woman in love the best she could, she decided she would not pick up an offense, and she let all of the comments, all of the negativity just slide right off. She put that plant on that desk and said, I'm going to make this corner face in the wall the prettiest corner face in the wall ever. And she allowed God's word to direct the way she responded to this woman rather than responding out of the lies of the enemy. And you know what happened? She ended up getting a major promotion, promoted to a position above that woman who was trying to make her life miserable. You see, 
When we put God's word to work, regardless of what others are doing, when we refuse to listen to the enemy's lies and allow God's word to work in our mind, in our thoughts, in our attitudes, in our speech, that swings the door wide open for God to come in and work and do what he wants to do. The truth of God's word will walk us into the abundant life that God created us to live. We can't control other people, but when we allow his word to work in us and through us, we will experience freedom in him. We will experience fullness of his spirit at work within us. And that brings fulfillment to our lives. That's that abundant life God wants us to experience. His nature working through us. So we've got to be women who refuse to listen to the lies of the enemy. And I know there are so many different scenarios in our relationships. So many types of things that we deal with and face with other people. But regardless of what the situation is, the one thing that we all have a responsibility to do is to be women who rise up, refuse to listen to the enemy's lies, replace them with the truth of God's word, and start walking out the word in that relationship. Amen? All right. So we've talked about lies that we tend to believe and the truth that will bring freedom in regards to our relationships. Now let's talk about lies we believe about our emotions. Anybody ever have your emotions wiling out? <laughs> How about this lie? If I feel something, it must be true. Sometimes we think that. If I feel unloved, I am unloved. If I feel like God has deserted me, then he's let me down and he's really not faithful. If I feel like my situation is hopeless, then it must be. If I feel that God could never forgive me, then I believe he won't. Very often, our feelings have little to do with reality. We need to recognize that. And they are not a reliable gauge on what is actually true. Our emotions can be up one moment and down the next. We can be on the cloud nine because someone complimented our outfit. And then we can hit bottom because someone walked by us and didn't even talk to us. Okay? We let our emotions take us on a roller coaster way too often. So in the midst of the roller coaster ride, we need to get good at constantly bringing our thoughts back to the truth of God's word. Because our emotions are a result of our thoughts. So with those lies that we just mentioned a moment ago, what is the truth about those things? The truth is, God loves me whether I feel loved or not. God is good whether I feel like he is or not. He'll never leave me or forsake me. Therefore, I have hope in him. I am forgiven 
because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You see, our emotions are not trustworthy. And just because we feel something doesn't mean it's true. And ladies, we have got to learn to be women who will take authority over our emotions that are not in agreement with God's word. Let's talk about another lie we believe about our emotions. Often, we believe we can't control our emotions. Hmm. Well, the truth in God's word that I read, I see David talking to his soul in the Bible. He said, soul, you will not be downcast. You will rejoice in the God of your salvation. So that says to me, we do have control over our emotions. Isaiah 26, 3, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. God doesn't want our emotions to be going crazy, taking us on a roller coaster. He wants us to experience his peace. And he says we will have that peace when our thoughts stay fixed on him. Because remember, our emotions are a byproduct of our thoughts. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. So we can choose what we think. We have control over what goes on up here. And we need to be taking control over what we are thinking. I love 2 Corinthians 10.5 that tells us to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I remember one time talking to a woman about this verse, and she said, I've been praying and praying that God would take my thoughts captive, and it's just not working. And I said, sweetheart, that's because it's not God's job. It tells us to bring every thought into captivity and bring it into the obedience of Christ. So what does that mean? That means when we have thoughts going on up here that are not in agreement with God's word, we need to recognize them at the onset. Don't let them get carried away because you know how it is in the matter of three seconds you can be in a downward spiral take that thought captive immediately and then bring it into the obedience of Christ that means bring it to the word bring it into agreement with the word if it is not in agreement with the word replace it with the truth of God's word we have control over our thoughts and therefore, we have control over our emotions. Okay, now I know some of you are sitting there and you're saying, well, you know, maybe that's true for a good part of the month, but um, <laughs> when it's that time of the month or during pregnancy or post-pregnancy or during menopause, or during any time where my hormones are involved, I just can't control my emotions. Hmm. Okay, let me just ask you a question. Didn't God make these bodies? Yes, the Bible says they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Sorry to the boys in the sound booth that, yes, we are talking about this. Okay. He made a woman's body with cycles. He designed women's bodies to be able to carry a child. He designed a woman's body to go through these seasons of life. So 
Would it be his plan that those times that are uniquely designed by God would cause us to act contrary to his nature and his word? Huh. You're having to think really hard about that one. You see, what happens in our bodies, it does affect us emotionally, mentally, sometimes even spiritually. But, ladies, sometimes we can fall into a trap of the enemy and justify fleshly, harsh, rude attitudes in response to physical conditions or hormonal changes. And we need to be so careful about that. God created these bodies. He created these bodies to have cycles. He's not going to create us in a way that will cause us to act contrary to his nature. We need to think about that. And we need to stop justifying bad behavior because of the way God himself created us. Now, maybe there's something going on that we need to see a doctor about. And that's okay. If that's the case, then go see the doctor and figure out what's going on. But we need to be careful that we don't fall into that trap of just so flippantly using that as an excuse for bad behavior. Maybe we need to surround ourselves with other godly women who will encourage us, who will hold us accountable. Hmm. Oh, maybe we should have a PMS uh, Connect group. No. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that was just a random thought. Okay. <laughs> but even when we have physical challenges... Even when we have physical challenges, whether they're hormone-related, whether they're caused by other things physically, sickness, other things, we can still control our thoughts and therefore our emotions. I know this is true. A good friend of mine was battling cancer, and she had a major battle. She was in constant pain. She had zero energy. She felt horribly sick and nauseated most of the time from the, the chemo and the different treatments that she was receiving. And her body was telling her every day, stay in bed. Pull the covers up over your head. Be totally grouchy to anybody who comes near you. That's how she felt. Some of you can relate to that for other physical reasons. But listen to what this amazing lady did. She refused to let those lies that the enemy was telling her rule her life. And every day, she forced herself to get up out of that bed. And you know what she would do? When she had that chemo appointment, when she had that doctor's appointment, she would get there early. She would go in with the biggest smile on her face. She would even take cookies or things with her for other people, for the nurses that worked there. She would go in and she would go 
from person to person in the waiting area, encouraging them, sharing encouragement from God's word with them, offering to pray with them. She was amazing. She did not let physical symptoms keep her down. She chose the opposite of the lies of the enemy. We can control our emotions regardless of what is going on in our body and regardless of our circumstances. Whether we believe it or not. Okay, let's talk about another lie. We'll move on from that. <laughs> let's talk about an, one last lie that sometimes we believe about our emotions. And that is that some emotions are just too big for God and his word. You know, maybe you're here tonight and maybe you are dealing with some really severe wounds and hurts. Maybe you've experienced abuse. Maybe you're dealing with depression or anxiety, which are epidemics today. Maybe you've been on medication to help you. I want you to know in this place tonight that there is absolutely no condemnation towards you. I want you to know that. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so if there is no condemnation for you from your father, there is no condemnation here from any of us either. And you know, I think too often, too many Christians suffer silently because they fear that they'll be judged or looked down upon. And I hate to see anyone suffer silently because we need each other. We bring strength to each other. We need to have other believers at our side who will fight with us. And I want to tell you tonight and just give you really two just bits of wisdom. First of all, wherever you are at on your journey, if that's you, wherever you're at on your journey, just keep God in the middle of every decision, okay? Maybe you're making decisions about medication or this plan of action or that. Whatever it is, bring it to God, talk to him about it, and let him help you with that decision. Nobody else can make that decision for you. That's between you and God. Let God lead you. Let God direct you and order your steps. And I promise you, he will. And then secondly, refuse to believe the lie that this is too big for God. Refuse to believe that lie because the word of God says, the truth of God's word is that nothing is impossible for those who believe. Nothing is impossible with God for those who believe. It tells us that in Luke 1, This is not too big for him. Nothing is impossible with God. The truth of his word also says that nothing is higher than the name of Jesus. Depression, anxiety, that's not higher than the name of Jesus. 
all must bow to the name of Jesus. And I want to tell you something. You know, the Bible talks about salvation. When we come into a relationship with God, we are saved. That word saved, it comes from the original word sozo, which literally means not just the redeeming of our souls, but it also includes health for our bodies and peace for our minds, total well-being. That is all included in salvation. That's what that means. That is our right. That is our gift. That is what God gives to us when we enter into relationship with him. That means that is his plan. That's what he desires that we walk in. He wants us to experience that. So wherever you are at in your fight, keep the truth of God's word in the middle of the equation. Don't ever quit fighting. Because once you take on the attitude that nobody else could possibly understand, once you take on the attitude that no one has ever had it as bad as you do, once you take on the attitude that this is just too big for God, you know what you're doing? You're taking on a victim mentality. And when you see yourself as a victim, you've already lost the battle. But if you keep focused on God's promises and you just keep one step at a time, pushing through, pushing through the comfort zones, pushing through the fear, asking God for help. You know what you're doing? You're carrying a victor's mentality, and you will come through on the other side. I know I have talked to far too many women, some who are in this room tonight, who have found complete and total freedom from emotional pain, from depression, from anxiety, and more because they chose to put the truth of God's word to work in their lives. Ladies, I am telling you the truth will set us free, but we have a choice of what we do with it. Will we just let it be words on a page? Or will we grab a hold of the truth of God's word? Will we meditate on the truth of God's word? Will we let it become alive in us? The word of God is living and powerful. We've got to allow it to become alive within us so it can wash out the lies of the enemy and bring freedom in our lives, freedom in every area of our life. You know, Emotions aren't bad. God created us with emotions. Jesus had emotions, but God never intended for our emotions to control us. He intended that we would keep our thoughts in line with his word, and then we would experience our emotions overflowing with his nature, with his peace, with his joy. That's that superabundant life that he created us to live. His nature flooding through us. That's his desire for all of us. And every one of us can experience that when we put the word of God to work in our lives. I want to pray for you tonight. 
just where you're at right there. Just bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for these women who are here tonight. They're your daughters. You love them so much. They are so valuable and precious to you. You care about every detail of their lives. And Father, right now, first and foremost, I pray for those who are struggling with deep hurts. God, I'm asking that you would bring healing. Father, I pray that you would show them areas where they've been listening to and believing lies of the enemy. God, I pray that even right now you would cause truth from your word to spring up in their hearts. Give them promises that they can hold on to and cling to, to replace the lies of the enemy. Father, bring healing, deliverance, and freedom in their lives, I pray. Father, give them courage to go forward one step at a time, one day at a time with you. Father, I pray for those who have been battling depression, anxiety. God, I'm asking for your divine intervention right now. God, I pray that not one woman in this room would believe the lie that that is too big for you. Father, I pray that everyone in this room who's dealt with that, who's dealing with that now, that they would be willing to lay it at your feet, to ask for your help, that they would choose to believe that it's not too big for you. And God, I pray that you would begin to speak to their hearts right now with truth from your word. And God, that you would help them move forward. Give them wisdom and guidance every day. Show them how to walk forward into your freedom. In Jesus' name, I pray. And Father, I pray for all of us in in these areas of our lives that we talked about tonight in our, our emotions. God, I pray that we'd be women that would rise up and just refuse to let emotions control our lives. God, that we would not believe the lies of the enemy, that we would apply your truth to our lives, that we would fix our thoughts on your truth so that our emotions will then line up with yours. And God, I pray that in our relationships, Father, we would recognize where there have been lies of the enemy that we've been listening to, that we've bought into, that we believed. God, show us right now those lies. Bring them to the surface. And God, I pray that we would have the courage to say no more. I'm not going to hold on to that any longer. And God, I pray that we would each be women who would take responsibility to do our part, to apply your word to our lives so that we each walk out our relationships on our end according to your word. And God, I pray that you would intervene in our relationships, God, that you would help us to have healthy, thriving relationships in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, that you desire that we live in peace. You want us to have your peace, that supernatural peace that passes all natural understanding. And Father, I pray that every woman in this place would experience a deeper level of your peace in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
And ladies, while your heads are still bowed, maybe you're here tonight and you have never experienced your own personal relationship with God. Maybe you know people who have that, but you've just never had that on your own. I want you to know you can have that. It's so simple. The word tells us that we can come into relationship with him. If we believe in our heart that Jesus is the son of God, if we confess him as Lord of our lives, we will be saved. That means that we will have the assurance of spending eternity in heaven with him, but also it means that on this earth we will be saved from doing life on our own, from our own ways of independent living so that we can live daily in genuine, living, breathing relationship with him. And if you're here tonight and you say, I'm done trying to do it all on my own, I want relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you said you've committed your life to him before, but you've just gotten off track and you've taken the reins back into your own hands and you want to give them back to him and recommit your life to him tonight. On either count, if that's you, we're going to pray together in a moment. And as we all pray this prayer together, I want you to wrap your heart around these words as we pray. Let's all pray this together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're my Father. That you love me. That you sent Jesus to die for me. And right now I surrender my life to you. And I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life. I'm done trying to do it on my own. And I ask that you would help me to grow in relationship with you. And I choose to walk with you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I believe there are some of you here tonight that committed your life to God. To, you desire to enter a relationship with him tonight. Can I just tell you that is the greatest decision you can ever make. But it's just the beginning. It's just the starting point. And so we just have this little tool that we'd love to give you called the next seven days. Just to help you understand relationship with God and get started walking with him. So before you leave tonight, if that's you, you prayed that prayer for the first time or you rededicated your life. You can just ask the table host where you're sitting sitting for one of these, or you can, can pick one up at the Connection Center on your way out today. But can we just welcome new sisters into God's family?